0: Welcome to the Deck 4 Podcast. You can access episodes, companion articles, research notes and links, as well as information about our contributors and supporters at deck4podcast.com. Hope you enjoy the program. For
1: me, I um, I work in sound and light in Reevesby Workers Club, which was one of the bigger rock venues, particularly towards the latter part, of the 70s really around about 1975 or so that's when pub rock really was uh, at its peak i guess and it was just brilliant because there were so many bands and such great bands as well and because they were playing literally Every night of the week, they were really great bands as well. They were they were very very tight, and they were just it was just a, a tremendous atmosphere to go to your local pub. But when it comes to pub rock, well, I think we have to thank Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs because Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs. Well, Billy Thorpe had been around since the sixties, and the Aztecs in the seventies were an entirely different band from the Aztecs that he had in the 1960s it was because back in the 1960s Billy was just a singer nobody knew he could play guitar but in the 70s that's when he got out his guitar and a really really tight band they had the reputation of being the loudest band in Australia and they were and I can prove that because when I was at the Workers Club, they were on the night. Sound limitations came on, and uh, they weren't—you weren't allowed to hear them above 100 decibels outside the venue. So I went out with my little measuring decibel measuring machine. Two blocks away, they were still 120 dB. <laughs> so. So it's a wonder uh the council didn't pounce and close the place down, but of the week you could go to any pub on any night of the week and see great bands uh performing so
0: it was just uh, it was just such a great scene, somewhere like the Reeves- Reevesby Workers Club what Sort of capacity would that have had for crowd numbers? Well, they didn't have
1: seats. It was all stand, standing. I well, might have had seats around the around uh, uh, around the walls for people. People are up, and now it might have just been a bit of head banging sort of thing. But you know, they weren't doing the the waltz or anything like that. But people were up standing and getting close to the shows. I think we could spit 1200 in that room. It was a big, big room. Yeah. Uh, and that, and that's on a rock night. Uh, where I mean, we had, we had people, Chuck Berry was on. That was interesting. Well, that was a seated show. But Chuck Berry, because he, uh, what he used to do is he used to find the venue, 1000 US dollars, because he would never rehearse. He'd just come on, play, do the show, and then get off.
0: And he'd use a pickup band, wouldn't he? He wouldn't, he didn't Didn't bring his own musicians. And he'd use a pickup band. Now, then bring his own music. He travelled he, he, he with his daughter, and
1: I happen to know for a fact that he went to the local Chinese restaurant across the road from where he worked Workers club to have dinner, and then when it was time to come on, literally when it was time to come on, he walked across the road. Uh, the band saw him in the wings, so they started playing. Now, the band the band that they got uh, was a brilliant band, and they knew it all. So, so what happened was uh, you had to give him $1,000 US in cash before he came on. <laughs> And if he liked the band, he would give it back to you. He did. He was doing his last number, and he just walked off the stage. On his way out, he, he gave a thousand bucks USD to the promoter. and a good band. It <laughs> just went out. It, was, it didn't stay for an or anything. <laughs> it was just 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 unbelievable. But uh, uh, no, there was just, there was just so much going. And they had a uh, hound dog Taylor and the House Rockers. This was a Chicago blues band and the youngest member was about 67 (laughs) and God, they were playing pure Chicago blues now they had this 20 year old roadie with them who was asleep and uh, our dog said to me we love him, he can't keep up with us and the youngest is 67 And and they nearly blew the studio apart that was wow. just, yeah. It was just. It was raw and it was loud, and so yeah, I, I, I've had all
0: these great experiences, and that. And I do hope you enjoyed these few moments with Steve Collins. The full episode is "Once Upon a Time in Sydney." After the end credits, in just a moment, Steve briefly recalls the thrill of sitting in on an Alexis Corner session at ABC Studios. And now don't forget our companion newsletters on Substack and now with expanded versions on our own website with additional background and media and links to further reading, viewing and listening. This time we have some more on Hound Dog Taylor with embedded audio and also a link to a detailed Billy Thorpe bio, thanks to miles ago, and some Chuck Berry as well, including a 2017 obituary from our own leading contributor, Gary Wells, at SoulRideblog.com. And we also link to Steve's YouTube channel so you can keep up with his latest travel adventures. Thanks to everybody who supports us by sharing the episodes and articles on social media and for all the comments on Facebook. We appreciate them very much. Thanks again to Steve Collins, to Gainesville, and thanks so much for listening. Original
1: music by Gainesville. Keeping the spirit of Tom Petty alive in Europe and playing great classic rock and roll. Check them out at gainesville-band.de and link to their socials. The Deck 4 podcast is also brought to you in association with tellmewheretogo.com. If you love travel, now more than ever, it's important to listen to the experts.
0: Podcast terms and conditions can be found at our website, deck4podcast.com. You can contact us there or on our social media. Find us on the major podcasting platforms. And we're also on Substack, Facebook, Tumblr and Instagram. This has been George Fairbrother. Thanks for listening.
1: Fan of the Rolling Stones, which may be a huge fan of Alexis Corner, who was the guy that gave them their first start. And Alexis Corner was in a tour in Australia, and so uh, they were recording him. And I managed to sneak in and to be in the presence of Alexis Corner, who I have the most greatest respect for, because you name a famous rock musician from the early period of the 60s. Alexis Corner probably had something to do with them, you know. Just, just uh, through my work at the ABC as a sound effects man, one of my work colleagues uh, sold programs at the Horden Pavilion, which was the big international rock venue. Yep and so i said oh she said yeah no i was for people come along you want to do is show people your suit seats and and you see the show for free so oh, i'm in that and you got paid for it you know i wasn't there for the money i was making good money but i was there yeah. to see the artists uh, and all you do is put on this orange bloody jacket and show people to their seats